It was below freezing, but Joseph Bellano wanted to walk. Can't we talk in my office where it's warm? I suggested. Your office might be bugged. Bellano was shorter, heavier, and twenty years older than I. I'd say five ten or so, two hundred pounds plus, and mid-fifties. He was also more immune to the cold. I had on corduroy pants, a shirt, a wool sweater, heavy socks, boots, a ski parka, gloves, a scarf, and a knit cap pulled down over my ears, and I was still shivering. I was also certain my office wasn't bugged. How about we sit in my car and turn on the heat? That too. Come on, no one bugs cars, not even in the movies. Bellano shook his round head. His ears and bulbous nose were turning red from the cold. He should have had on a hat. His hair was thinning on top. The rest of it was long, the way barbers like to wear it. There was a lot of gray mixed in with the black. You're right, he said. I'm getting paranoid. But you gotta understand, the feds are on me like fleas on an old rug, and I don't know how far they'll go. I know for a fact they've tapped the phone in my shop. So let's just walk and talk, okay? Sure. I pulled the scarf up around my chin. We headed north on Broadway. The afternoon traffic mushed by the other way. There was still a lot of old snow left over from a few days ago. Most of it was piled along the curb and against the brick buildings. It was so gray from sand and pollution that it hardly looked like snow. At least the sidewalks were shoveled clean. Temporarily. Tiny ice flakes fell from the dead sky. They were sticking to the concrete and soon would make footing treacherous. It's my daughter, Bellano said grimly. She disappeared three days ago. I've called around, friends and all. No one's seen her. Her mother's going crazy. Obviously, he was too. I can imagine, I said. Have you talked to the police? He nodded yes. Not that they're eager to help me right now. Bellano thrust his hands deep in the pockets of his black overcoat. His heavy shoulders were bent, and his collar was turned up. It made him look like a middle-aged mafioso. But he was no criminal, unless you called someone who runs a sports book out of his barbershop a criminal, which, by the way, I don't. I called the cops Saturday morning, he said, after she didn't come home Friday night. They told me she's not a missing person until she's been gone for 72 hours. I went down there today and signed some papers, so now it's official. She's missing. Then I called around to get the name of a decent private snoop. Uh, no offense. Hey, I'm used to it. I'd been in the business for four years, and I'd been called a lot worse. Also punched, spat on, and shot, so I guess Snoop wasn't so bad. We waited for the light at 12th Avenue. The big window of Howard Lorton Galleries on the corner was hung with a 12-foot Christmas wreath. Tomorrow was December 1st. The light changed, and we crossed the street. My freezing toes were thankful for the movement. Where did you last see your daughter? In my barbershop Friday morning, a few hours after I'd been busted. I'd read about Bellano's arrest.
A dozen of the bigger bookies in town had been rounded up by a special crime unit made up of federal agents and members of the Denver police. A truckload of evidence had been confiscated. Most of the bookies were otherwise honest businessmen who also happened to act as clearinghouses for those eager to wager on sporting events. But every ten or twelve years, some civic group decided to purge the city of gamblers, make it safe for their kids. Meanwhile, the state ran the lottery and lotto and dog races, and the sports pages of the morning papers carried the point spread for every ball game in the country, pro and college. This year, though, the feds were trying to tie the bookies to organized crime. Do you think there's a connection between your daughter's running and your arrest?